It's time for Thriller Thursdays here on the Mutual Audio Network, if you dare. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Chapter 25 There is nothing quite like impending doom to make people lose their focus, and the gunmen were no exception. The walls were moving at an impressive speed, and the fat one did not wait for instructions. He did the math and immediately bolted in the direction that had no obstacles, shrieking like a monkey. His partner was distracted enough that the Red Panda reached out and took the pistol right out of his hands. Run, the Red Panda said simply, and without his weapon the man saw no reason to argue the point. He ran after the fat one at top speed. Ah, the squirrel pouted, you didn't hit him or nothing. I'd rather not be responsible for him being squashed flat, the Red Panda said, casting the weapon aside. "'That does seem like a certainty at any rate, old boy,' the stranger said, wondering if they had any plans for getting out of this one themselves. "'What is Pavley doing?' the Red Panda asked. "'Bolting back the way he came, like a good boy,' Kit reported. "'All right, up we go,' he said. "'Sorry about this, Max.' At this he slung the older man over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes and leapt up the wall. The walls were smooth and graded to make the climb impossible, but the ancient Egyptians hadn't reckoned on static shoes. Even carrying the weight of another man, the Red Panda was on top of the rapidly moving walls in seconds. "'That was a little anticlimactic,' the flying squirrel grinned. "'It's never that easy in the pictures.' "'I think our friends with the guns don't find it anticlimactic,' the Red Panda offered. "'Perhaps you'd like to try it again without the static shoes.' "'Nah,' she said. "'I'm too pretty to be a pancake.' From this vantage, with his night-vision lenses on, the Red Panda could see just how vast a complex of twisting and turning passages they had passed through. And there were points of light that shone like beacons closing in from all directions, making their way to the mouth of the rapidly closing tunnel that led to their goal. He looked down at the wall upon which they were standing. It wasn't the most stable footing in the world, but the stone was at least three feet wide and they should be able to move across it. The light from the chamber beyond revealed that the entrance was much taller than the wall they were standing on, and even if it slammed shut they should still be able to get where they were going. The express route. "'Max,' he said, "'is there enough light for you to see if we try and make time?' The stranger nodded. "'I'll be all right,' he said. "'Let's go.' They set off at an awkward run over the top of the walls, which were now nearly completely closed. Ahead of them, a short distance, they could hear the terrified screams of the two gunmen, and it was clear that their foes were not going to make it. The heroes ran on grimly, not speaking until the cries stopped abruptly a few minutes later. "'The question is,' the flying squirrel said as she ran, "'how long will this path stay closed? The water trap reset pretty fast.' "'It did,' the Red Panda agreed. "'They'll still have to figure out how to get past it.' "'That may not take them as long as you think,' the stranger offered." "'We'll be all right,' the Red Panda said, although if he was basing that on something, he didn't choose to say so. They reached the open space at the end of the wall and stopped in astonishment for an instant in spite of themselves. The chamber was enormous, with vast ceilings held aloft by colossal statues depicting ancient gods, all turned toward the central point in the room. It was hard to see detail in the strange, pulsing light, but they had clearly arrived.' They leapt down to the floor, and instantly torches around the room sprang to life, washing the center of the room in a pleasant glow after the hours of semi-darkness endured to get to this point. The periphery of the room was still bathed in shadow, 
but within the central sphere it felt bright as day. Okay, that was weird, the flying squirrel said. That was the most normal thing that's happened to us all day, the red panda said. That's what was weird about it, she said. This way, the stranger said. They moved to the left around one of the enormous statues that acted as pillars to the roof above, and then they could clearly see the focal point of the room. There was a tremendous dais with stairs on all sides, which rose out of the floor like a step pyramid. Astride the top of the platform, receiving the admiration of all the gods that surrounded him throughout the chamber, was an enormous statue of Anubis, jackal-headed god of the dead and life beyond death. He was majestic, and if his stock had dropped later in Egyptian history, it was clear what dizzying heights they had fallen from, because here he stood in all of his glory, the reason for all of this. Except not quite. Anubis's right arm was raised high above him, and from the palm of his outstretched hand there came the unearthly glow they had seen from afar, obscured somewhat now by the many torches that burned brightly at the center of the room, but still pulsing like a living thing. "'The eye of Anubis,' the stranger said in wonder. "'Yes, my friend,' Pavli's voice rang out of the shadows. "'It is a wondrous sight, is it not?' The heroes turned quickly but found themselves faced by the guns of a dozen or so surviving guards. Pavley was smiling broadly as if he were the host of a party, and Thatcher stood beside him seething with anger. They were all standing close together as if someone were taking their picture. Hm, the red panda said. That was fast. It was, wasn't it? Pavley smiled, and then his men spread out, pistols and rifles extended cautiously but confidently. Maxwell Falcone is not the only one with tricks up his sleeves. Thatcher shoved Pavley back and stepped forward in a rage. It wasn't hard to see why he should be. He looked terrible. His eyes and face were swollen and his front teeth were shattered. His nose had stopped bleeding at last, but it was badly broken and really ought to have been seen to. He was an ugly mess. The flying squirrel tried not to smile. There were ways to hit a man when you just wanted to stop him and ways to hit him when you wanted to hurt him. Even then there were nuances. Did you want him in more pain than he could stand right this second, or did you want him to feel it for a week and remember what he had been told? All degrees. But there were also ways to lay a beating on someone to make it very, very clear to anyone that looked at him that he had been beaten, and badly, and wonder if it had been done by you. They used such techniques sparingly, but it never hurt to have the lower levels of the criminal underclass so terrified of you they couldn't function properly if there was a chance that you were around and this was one way to make that happen. The flying squirrel hadn't been doing a lot of thinking when she had beaten Thatcher senseless, but she knew that a sadist like him would find this humiliating, and that pleased her greatly. "'Release me from these bands!' Thatcher shrieked at Falcone. Max shook his head. "'I cannot,' he said simply. "'Release me from these bands that I may heal myself and deal with this rotted girl!' he demanded again. The stranger raised an eyebrow. "'Was that meant to persuade me?' he asked, amused. "'Because I still cannot break the enchantment of those bonds.' "'You escaped from them,' Thatcher fumed. "'Tell me how!' "'Your partner, Mr. Pavley, may be the only one who can remove those bonds and restore your power, Thatcher,' the stranger said. "'Pavley has tried,' Thatcher spat. "'He cannot open them.' "'Are you certain that he has tried all that hard?' the stranger asked, smiling.' 
Max, be reasonable, Pavley said calmly. You're going to die anyway. There is no reason for it to be unpleasant. In that case, I should certainly not remove the bands and give this monster back his power, Falcone said. Thatcher hissed and clenched his fists in rage, but said nothing. In any event, the stranger said, I did not escape from the bands. They freed me. He gestured toward the masked heroes in his company. Impossible, snorted Pavley. And yet the only possible explanation, the stranger said with a smile, since you know I could not have summoned an enchantment well bound by them, as Thatcher can testify. I don't even fully understand what it was they did or why it worked, so I suppose you'll have to leave my friends alive. An interesting conclusion, Pavley said, pulling a pistol from under his jacket, but it seems to me that I only need one of them. He pointed the pistol at the flying squirrel and drew the hammer back, but looked toward the red panda. "'Bring me the eye of Anubis,' Pavli said, "'or I will certainly kill the girl.'" This is Thursday Thrillers, audio with action on the Mutual Audio Network. Join us tomorrow on Mutual with Friday Follies, the end-of-the-week collection of comedy cut-ups. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of audio drama that fits your fancy. Or find the Friday Follies feed in your favorite podcast players. Now that's a lot of effus. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.